Well, uh, if you didn't bring a Bible with you, hold up your hands. We'd be glad to let you use one of ours. And let's go to uh, two openings over in uh, Ecclesiastes 11. Then we'll look in Proverbs 10. Ecclesiastes 11 and in Proverbs 10. We've been on a subject for some weeks now that we've been calling How to Harvest. And uh, we're still on this. I believe we're getting near to uh, completing on this. And the Lord's dealing with me about some some other things. So let's uh, believe with me. When you think about it, pray about it, you know, because uh, you do yourself a favor when you pray for us. Because what comes through us <laughs> affects you, right? So, And I, I know that he knows out of all the wonderful things in the Word of God, he knows what we need right now. Right? What is the most pertinent? and applicable, and what will prepare us for the next thing. His word, the scripture says in Acts, is able to build us up and give us an inheritance. It makes us strong so we're able to lay hold. You know, um, so area after area where people keep falling and keep falling short is connected to a lack of faith, which is connected to a lack of strength. Faith is of the heart. With the heart man believes. And the Bible talks about being strong of spirit or about being weak. When you just keep, you know, just yielding to temptation, same thing. Just keep falling, falling, falling. That's a sign that you're weak on the inside. But the good news is, even if you failed a thousand times in the same area, just seem like you're not able to do better. The truth is, you can get built up on the inside. And the Lord can make you strong. Hallelujah. So that what you were a failure in, you could actually become an example in. Amen. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Nothing's too hard for the Lord. And all things are possible to him that believes. And through Christ, we can do all things. Is it true? So don't let the enemy discourage you and deceive you and tell you, oh, something's wrong with you. And you never will. And. And you can't. He's a liar. He's a known liar. Right? So if he tells you something, what do you know about it? It's a lie. (laughs) If he says you're not going to make it, you're never going to make it. You ought to say, glory to God. That means I'm making it. Right? Because he's a liar. Right? If he said I'm not going to make it, hallelujah. That means I'm making it. (laughs) Did you find your scriptures? Well, in Genesis, I know I didn't give you that one, but they'll put it up on the, <laughs> on the screen for us. Genesis 8.22. Don't turn there. Don't turn there. I did that on purpose. Genesis 8.22 says, while the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest. Cold, heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Which is why we can't pray and believe God that it won't get cold this winter. Because this is part of the deal. So, but seed time and harvest, sowing and reaping, is a universal principle. Jesus uh, taught that the whole kingdom operates by the principle of sowing and reaping. And uh, people that have been around, so-called word and faith people, believe in sowing and reaping. A lot of Christians believe in sowing and reaping on some level. 
I've heard preachers, they'll get up and say all this talk about giving offerings and, and sowing and sowing. There's nothing in the Bible about that. I thought, what Bible have they been reading, man? Because it's from lid to lid, huh? cover to cover. It's all through there. Uh, sowing and reaping affects everything. Everything operates by the seed principle, and God does everything by seed. You're sitting here in a body because of a seed. You ate today because of seeds, plant and animal. Everything, you have a house because of seed. There's wood because of seed. Everything around is because of seed and sowing and reaping. And it's true naturally because it's true spiritually. And everything that you do, I mean, the scripture says in Galatians, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. And he talks about sowing naturally and sowing to the flesh or sowing spiritually and reaping life. In any area that you're experiencing lack and deficiency, one of the first things to do is check up on your sowing in that area. And it doesn't, we're not just talking about money, I said in every area. If you don't have enough friends, work on sowing some friendship. If you're not experiencing enough loyalty and faithfulness, you work on sowing some faithfulness. Are y'all with me, friends? Don't just focus on what you don't have. Focus on being a good sower in that area, and you'll begin to experience. If you want people to do you right and pay you good, then you pay people good. Are y'all with me? See, a lot of people don't realize that. They think they just want to beat up everybody on the price until there's nothing left, but then they want to get paid real good. Well, now you reap what you sow. (laughs) And you sure don't want to beat people out of stuff because you'll reap that too. How many think the scripture said do unto others, right, as you'd have them do unto you? And that is the universal uh, law of sowing and reaping. Now go with me, if you would, to the scriptures that you're holding there in Ecclesiastes, the um, 11th chapter, Ecclesiastes 11 and 4. It says, he that observes the wind, what will he do? He, he won't sow. And he that regards the clouds, what will happen with him? He won't, he shall not reap. So if you get to looking and considering the wrong thing, it's going to hinder you both from sowing and reaping. Let me read another translation. God's word translation says, whoever watches the wind will never plant. Now, get what he's saying. Uh, you gonna plant anything today? No, oh, it's mighty windy out there. Windy. And if you realize this, if you can be put off or delayed because of something, the enemy will see to it that enough stuff comes up for you to see and hear that you won't do it. And uh, a lot of times he knows he couldn't just get you to say, I'm not gonna do this, but he can get you to put it off. And if you put it off long enough, it's the same as not doing it, right? Because you never do anything tomorrow. Have you figured this out? Why? Because when tomorrow gets here, what is it? It's today and tomorrow is still off in the future. Nothing ever got done tomorrow. When it got done, it was done when? Today. 
And so if you're going to do anything in your life, there'll be a day when it's going to get done today. And, uh, oh, you have to watch about procrastination and about saying, well, you know, well, we got this going on and that going on. And as soon as we get this, then I think we'll be more involved. Well, no, you'll find out as soon as you get that, it's going to be something else. That as soon as you get that, and whether it's getting stuff or finishing stuff, well, if we can, well, as soon as we get the kids through school, and as soon as we get this paid off, and as soon as we get this, well, no, it will be three other things when you get those. You got to make up your mind that wind blowing, our clouds, our rough economy, it doesn't matter. You're going to do whatever he told you to do today. We're going to sow whatever he directed us to sow today. We don't care if the devil gets mad or who thinks what about it. We're going to do it. And having sown, we're going to reap. It doesn't matter what's going on or what's not going on because God doesn't meet our needs according to the current state of the economy or who is or is not in office or what's going whether they're hiring or firing at the company. He meets all our needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus, which means we can reap any time. Any time, in any climate, in any situation. I want you to say it out loud. God can meet my needs. In any situation. Any situation. Doesn't matter. But if you get to looking at the clouds, if you get to looking at the wind, you won't sow, you won't reap. The New Century Version, the NCV, says those who wait for perfect weather will never plant seeds. Because there will always be something that's not quite right. What's a little bit too damp? What's a little too dry? (laughs) It's a little this. It's a little that. You'll never plant. You'll never sow. There'll always be some reason. And those who look at every cloud will never harvest crops. No, it's real simple. The key to miracles is what Jesus' mother told them at the wedding feast of Canaan. So simple a three-year-old could understand it perfectly. What did... uh, Uh, She tell him. Whatever he says to you. Do it. Now I know that sounds simple. But millions of people won't do it. (laughs) Right? And they got all kind of good. Legitimate reasons. Logical. Why? But uh, that's why it's called faith. Right? That when he tells you to do something. You will do it. Even if it looks like it's impossible for you to do it. When he tells you to do something, you will do it no matter what. You'll do it. And when you do it, not understanding why, not seeing the reasoning, that's when he shows up. Amen. And you're glad that you listened to him and stepped out and did what he told you to do. Look with me in Proverbs 10. Proverbs 10 and 4. Says he becomes poor that deals with a slack hand. How many know that scripture is just as true as Mark eleven twenty four? <laughs> that scripture is just as true as Philippians four nineteen. God supplies all my needs. What's just as true? If you goof off and won't do anything, 
You're going to be broke. It is written. (laughs) If you deal with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. Now, diligent sounds like W-O-R-K, doesn't it? (laughs) Did you know work was God's idea? You know, the New Testament says, if you don't work and you refuse to work, you ought not eat. People ought not feed you. Oh, look at the looks you get across the crowd. I didn't write that scripture. That's New Testament. That's scripture. See, some folks want to try to take the concept of faith and turn it into, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to live by faith. I'm not going to work. I'm going to lay on the couch and make confessions. And everything is going to be all right. Well, are you quoting that verse right there? Because that one's true too. Isn't it? (laughs) New century version. New century version, verse 4. It is written. (laughs) A lazy person will end up poor. It is written. Now, if you're a word person, you believe this word. Amen. <laughs> but a hard worker will become rich. Yes. Didn't say a hard worker will work hard all their life and be poor all their life. No. So it'd be time to believe that one too. Amen. People say, well, I don't understand. I work hard. I work hard. But I never have anything. It seems like you get move ahead a couple of steps and get knocked back three and it just... No way for a working man to to make it these days. You know, I'm proud, but I'm poor. And and not realize God would deliver you from both of those conditions if you'd quit talking that and quit believing that. Well, that's the way it is. No, that's the way it is because you believe it's that way. And if nobody can convince you of otherwise, the Lord himself can't help you. Because you've chosen to believe something else rather than what he said. People say, well, I've got a right to my beliefs. Not if you're a Christian. That's right. If you're a Christian, you're supposed to believe what he told you. Amen. And not come up with your own stuff. That's right. Amen. Well, I've just always believed. Is it in the Bible? You got scripture? Then you got no right to believe that and call yourself a Christian. Amen. Oh, me. Why am I saying that? People's lives are much harder than they have to be because of their beliefs. You are what you believe. And your life is is based on your beliefs. Let's put that scripture up again. Let's decide whether you believe this or not. You could say according to the word of God. A diligent individual will get rich. And here I'm rolling out of bed. And I'm not going to lay around. I'm going to work. I'm going to do my job. And I'm going to progress. I'm coming up. I'm coming out because it is written. Now what if you believed that and said that? You reckon God could get more involved in your business? Because otherwise you say, well, that don't make any difference. You can work hard all your life and have nothing. So you believe that instead of this. And so you'll have that instead of this. No, it pays to renew your mind with what he said. 
And I don't care how long you believe something or how long your folks believed or what preachers believe. There's a lot of preachers believe stuff other than the Bible. You did know that, don't you? There's a lot of completely contradictory stuff to the Bible comes over pulpits. People have received it through tradition and they've believed it and preached it for generations and they think it's Bible. They think it's the Word and it's not. And so whether it's me preaching or whoever it is, check them out. Check them out with the book. Take it back to the book. Take everything back to the book. And if you can't find it in there, don't believe it. Don't care who said it. Let's read it again. What did he say? He becomes poor that deals with a slack hand. You can't goof off all the time and not do anything and be okay. But the hand of the diligent makes rich. Keep reading. Verse 5. He that gathers in summer is a wise son. Everybody say wise son. Wise son. son. But he that sleeps in harvest is a son that causes shame. Now from just two verses that we've read, we've seen it's entirely possible, even after you've sown good seed in good ground, to get to looking at the wrong thing and not reap. Right? And we see here it's entirely possible to have a harvest, but to sleep right through it. Because of of slackness and lack of diligence. It's time to be reaping But you're sleeping and miss your harvest. And so this is a, this is a revelation that a whole lot of charismatic and word and faith people need to get because even a lot of preachers have left the idea all there is to prospering and God blessing you is giving offerings and making confessions. That that's all there is to it. And that is not all there is to it. It's part of it. Being a tither, being a giver, Talking right, we've just been referring to that, is certainly part of it, but it's not all there is to it. There are other things involved. Just like natural farming, we know that God doesn't plant the crops for us, don't we? We know if we wait for God to plant our corn and tomatoes and beans, we're going to go hungry. Right? He gave us the ground. He gave us a seed. He gave us a noggin. Right? Taught us that the seed goes in the ground. He's not going to come down and put the seed in the ground for you. Why would he need to? You know, it helps for him to leave us a little something to do. Right? So he can feel like we're involved some way. And he has. And we know that we need his help. We need the sun to shine. We need the weather. We need the rain, don't we? We got to have his help. And he's the one that causes the miracle of the seed to multiply. I know we've been around it all our life, but it's a miracle to take one little seed and it turns into all this other. That is the blessing of increase, is the multiplication of the seed. It is a miracle. It's an amazing miracle. I mean, think about this. Adam and Eve have turned into all the billions that are on the planet today. (laughs) Glory to God. It's amazing. And the Bible said it started with Jesus, but the Bible said now he is the firstborn among many brethren, and the seed of Abraham, before this is all over with, will number like the stars in the heavens and the sand on the seashore, and it started with him. 
Oh, somebody say glory to God. What one seed can turn into is amazing. And that's true with all seed. Whether you're talking about the ultimate seed of the Christ, or you're talking about a seed of money, or a seed of things, or a seed of a plant, or an animal. It's all, it can just keep multiplying, multiplying, multiplying until it becomes huge and amazing. Now, uh, go with me, if you would, to the uh, book of, let's see, Isaiah, the 28th chapter. Isaiah 28, while I finish talking about this. So many have thought or left the impression all there is to prospering financially and materially is giving and making confessions. But like we've said, in the natural we know God doesn't plant seed for us or corn or soybeans or wheat. We also know that even though we plant it and he blesses it and rains on it and it produces a bumper crop, God does not get the harvest in for us. The corn, the wheat, the soybeans do not march out of the field into the barn by themselves. Do they? It's as much work to get the crop in as it was to get the seed in the ground, right? A lot of times the busiest part uh, of the crop is when it's harvest time, right? Getting it in. And if you're lazy when the crop is ready to get in, you can lose the crop, right? That's what he's talking about. And it's true naturally and it's true spiritually. And that's why some people claim not to believe in hundredfold. Some people say, I don't believe in that hundredfold stuff. Okay, do you believe in, what do you believe in? Fifty-fold, thirty-fold, five-fold, point zero five? What do you believe in? And when you start to examine it, people begin to have issues and they go, well, 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 I just believe that if you give, God will bless you. That's code talk for it's all up to him. And that's a problem. There are different groups of Christians at different times believed that about everything. There were groups at one point that believed that was true about the new birth, that it was just all up to God, whether you got saved or not. There's some groups believe that still. And of course, a whole lot of people believed that it was all up to God whether you got healed or not. It was all up to God whether you got filled with the Spirit or not. It wasn't up to you. Some he saw fit to do it for and some he didn't. But we have found out that's not true. That we have something to do with it. Right? We have a part to play in it. Our faith. And it is true with sowing and reaping as well. Just like it takes our faith and obedience to sow, it takes our faith and obedience to reap. And it's not just all up to God. And we're not just waiting on Him. And so we've seen a lot of things that bring light about our part in this. We're talking about how to harvest. Look in Isaiah tonight. Isaiah 28. In the NIV. Isaiah 28 and verse uh, 23. Isaiah 28, 23. This is the Lord speaking through the prophet Isaiah. He said, listen and hear my voice. Pay attention and hear what I say. How many think when the Lord says, Pay attention to what I'm saying. (laughs) What should you do? Man, you should be hearing nothing (laughs) except 
him. He should have your absolute full attention. And he says, listen and hear what I, my voice. Pay attention and hear what I'm saying. Verse 24, when a farmer plows for planting, does he plow continually? Does he keep on breaking up and harrowing the soil? What's the answer? No. You don't just plow and plow and plow and keep on plowing. There is a a set time, a beginning and ending for plowing time. Right? Keep reading. When he has leveled the surface, it's ready, we could say, now for sowing. Right? We plowed it. He broke it up. It's ready to plant. Does he not sow caraway and scatter cumin? And does he not plant wheat in its place and barley in its spot and spelt in its field? Some of it you scatter. Some of it you plant. And each one has its area and field and the way it's planted. Verse 26. His God instructs him and teaches him the right way. Thank you, Lord. Keep reading. Verse 27. Caraway is not threshed with a sledge, nor is a cartwheel rolled over cumin. And caraway is beaten out with a rod and cumin with a stick. And of course, this is pre-industrial age, right? No machinery here. This is all by manual labor, but it's always been that different crops are harvested differently. Can you see this? You don't get this crop in the same way you get this crop in. Verse 28. Grain must be ground to make bread. So one does not go on threshing it forever. Why is he, what's he talking about? How many understand this is bigger than just the natural analogy? Isn't it? Always is. And why does he keep saying, well, you don't just keep plowing and plowing and plowing forever. And you don't just keep threshing and threshing and threshing. Why does he say that? Because people are slaves to tradition. They get to doing something. And then they are the first church of plowing. (laughs) And if you ain't plowing, you ain't with it. And all they want to do is plow. Plow, plow, plow. Somebody else gets a revelation over here and they become the, the first threshing church. They go, no, nah, you plowers are behind, man. You got, if you with it, you're threshing. In the first threshing church. And he said, no, you don't just thresh all the time either. See, what are we talking about? People have thought all there is to sowing and reaping is giving some offerings and making some confessions. That is an overly simplistic view. And that's true with a lot of things in our life. Sometimes people say, well, I just don't understand. I'm doing everything I know to do. It just ain't working. Well, a whole lot of times that ain't true. People are not doing everything they know to do. But sometimes it is, and it shouldn't be a shocker, because a lot of times they just don't know enough. We really do need to know more about what's happening and how things work. And it's sad that uh, the church has lost some things through the generations that we should have kept. It was replaced by tradition 
And how many remember Jesus talked about this, that people have made the word of God of none effect because of their traditions. You don't realize it, but something that we should know was lost a thousand years ago. And it wasn't passed down generation to generation. And now it would take a special revelation of God to the church to get it back in. And when it would come back in, people would go, oh, that's strange new doctrine. No, no, it's not, it's how it should have been all the way. <laughs> how many would like some of this? How many would like for us to be to the place where God could restore things to us and us not be so traditionally bound that we'd receive it? He'd show it to us in the Word. I'm talking about in the Word, in the Word. He'd show it to us in the Word and we'd receive it and be restored. Listen, keep reading this. He said, verse 27, Caraway is not threshed with a sledge, nor a cartwheel rolled over cumin. Caraway is not beaten out with a rod and cumin with a stick. Verse 28, grain must be ground to make bread, so one does not go on threshing it forever. And though he drives the wheels of his threshing cart over it, his horses do not grind it. Verse 29, all this comes From the Lord Almighty, wonderful in counsel and magnificent in wisdom. Hallelujah. And this, he's talking specifically about sowing and reaping, isn't he? And what is he telling us? He's telling us there are a lot of different ways to plant. Because there's a lot of different things to plant. And there's a lot of different ways to reap. And you don't reap everything the same way. Come on, can you say amen? Amen. Is this revelation? And the thing that is required is the wisdom of God. Isn't it? And that's our text. Pop that back up real quick. Proverbs 10, 5. Proverbs 10, 5. Our text that we just read. What does it say? He who gathers the crops, he's getting them in. In summer, he's talking about in the season. At the end of the summer, what kind of son is he? Wise. Because he knows when to get it in. And wisdom includes not only when. Wisdom includes where. And wisdom includes how. And one reason. One big reason why a lot of folks in the body have not experienced the full harvest of all their seeds sown is because they've lacked wisdom on where, when, and how to reap. Can you say amen? We know this in modern times. You do not harvest potatoes the same way you harvest Tomatoes. How many agreed on that? You don't. You don't. You don't harvest corn the same way you harvest peanuts. Do you? No. No, you don't. And people say, well, harvesting is harvesting. Just get it in. Mm-mm. It's not. And reaping is not reaping. It's not all the same. It requires some know-how. It requires some wisdom of God to know how to reap in this area. 
And even though you might have become pretty good at reaping in this area, when you start trying to reap over here, it can be very different. And if you just assume, and worst of all, if people just say, well, it's just all up to God. It's nothing up to, no, no. He needs to teach us. We need to let him teach us and show us where, when, and how to reap in this area. Can you say amen? Can you see this in this scripture? Wisdom. Wisdom. Somebody say wisdom. Let's go to the book of wisdom. Proverbs, the whole book, you know, is just full of wisdom. Go to the third chapter and let's see some things about this. We know that there are folks in church, churches all over the world, that have given, 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 and they have not experienced the fullness of harvest. Off of all the seed that they've sown, they just have none. I mean, if they were sowing seed like that in the ground and reaping harvest like that, they'd know something's wrong. And a lot of it's been because people have said, well, it's just up to God. And they're waiting on him to do something that's our responsibility. But I believe the Lord's helping us. Do you? I believe he's helping us. I believe he's teaching us and showing us some things. And we, we got a lot of folks in this church that are givers. Like Brother Dave was talking about earlier, I know we do. I'm a giver. You're a giver. This church is a giver. But we must excel at reaping. Because if we really want to be givers, on the scale we know God could make us givers, we got to reap in order to have that ability. And that's what the Spirit of God has been speaking to us, that He is bringing us into the best shape of our lives. He's bringing us up to a whole nother level of ability to give, to sow. I'm excited about it. I said, I'm excited about it because we've already sown some big chunks into, into churches and ministries, some big pieces of equipment, some big seeds. But if the Lord, not if, as he and when he brings us into a whole other level, from where we've been operating, what's that going to be like? Hallelujah. That means where it was a few hundred thousand, it'll be a few million. And where it was a million, it'll be tens of millions or more. Come on, are you listening? We could get to some places of ability where we could underwrite whole mission outreaches, build whole homes, you understand what I'm talking about? Buy big pieces of equipment and sew them. Is anybody excited about this besides me? But before we can sow like that, we have to reap. Because you've never sown anything you didn't first reap. You got to get it. Before you can give it. (laughs) Right? Proverbs 3. Are you there? There is a rich diversity of seeds and ground. And in connection with it, there is a very diverse ways of reaping. It requires the wisdom of God. Doesn't it? It does. In the third chapter 
of Proverbs, it talks about the wisdom of God. Let's read a a few verses just to remind ourselves. Proverbs 3, and let's start at about 13. Proverbs 3 and 13. Happy is the man that finds wisdom. Somebody say happy. Happy. Why? Because he has just found out. (laughs) how to get in the best shape of his life. He has found out to do what other people are still scratching their head about. Wouldn't that make you happy? Happy. Happy. Do you know how you can tell if you're getting revelation, if you're getting it, if you're getting in the word, it begins to dawn on you, you begin to get excited. If not, if you're just sitting there going, what's he talking about? (laughs) You're not getting it. Because if you get it, it's life. I said it's life. It's light and it's life. The entrance of his word gives light and that life is joyous. I said it's joyous. Isn't it? Don't believe lies. Don't look back. Don't let the past try to dictate your vision of the future. Is God big enough? And is he good enough? To get you out of every debt, every burden. Come on, are you listening to me? Is he big enough? Is he good enough? Is it his will that he gets you and me in a place where he can use us to do for other people and for the kingdom and for the church? Is that his will? Somebody's got to do it. Somebody needs to do it. I volunteer. How about you? I volunteer. I say, here am I, Lord. Use me. Send me. And if he is that good, and if he is able to do that, then I'm telling you, friends, our little small vision, small money, small ability is about to be in our rearview mirror. Come on, it's about to be in our past behind us and God bringing us into a whole nother level of ability. Best shape we've ever been in. And I'm believing for it. Are you? Yes. You, we're together, right? We're believing? Yes, we are. It's happening. Somebody say it's happening. It's happening here. It's happening now. In Proverbs 3, 13, how can you tell it's happening? Happy. Happy. Happy is the man. Happy that what? Found with We found it. Oh, yes. We thought, glory to God. We know how now. We found it. We found it. And the man that gets understanding, keep on reading. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof than fine gold. What's better than money? Wisdom. Why? Because you get the wisdom, you can get that too. You can get it all. If you had to pick between money and wisdom, you ought not hesitate. Get the wisdom. Because you wind up with the money too. (laughs) If you pick the money, it'll be gone soon. And without the wisdom, you won't even know why. You'll be sitting there broke and dumb, right? (laughs) Thinking, where'd I go wrong? And you won't even know. (laughs) Fifteen. She wisdom is more precious than rubies and all the things you can desire are not even to be compared to her. What is wisdom? It's many things. 
But the only place you can find it, the the book of Job goes into a, a bunch of detail about this. Where can you find it? You can't find it in the heart of the earth. You can't find it in the bottom of the ocean. You can't find it. The only place you can find it is in God. The only place. The only place. And the scripture talks about wisdom personified says, I was with him. When he created, when he, the boundaries and, and he brought forth the depths and, and the stars and he's, I was there. Why? God did all he did by wisdom. How many know it took wisdom to create planets and oceans and mountain ranges and animals and plants? It took and to sustain it all. And the amazing thing is, he said, if you lack wisdom, Ask me for some. Didn't the Almighty say? Come on, the Almighty. Didn't he say? Ask me for some. <laughs> what did he say? I'll give it to you. And I won't even make fun of you for being dumb. <laughs> King James says upbraideth not, but you know, that's King James. <laughs> he won't even say, you didn't know that. <laughs> He'll just give it to you liberally, liberally. He'll just give you a bunch of, oh, come on, say glory to God. He'll just give you a bunch of wisdom. And all at once, your light, your eyes that were so dull and confused will lighten up and you will get a clue. You'll go, well, oh, yeah, that's it. I see it. All I got to do is do this, this, and this, and then that's going to happen. And I'm going to do this, and that bath thing's going to stop happening. And I'm going to do this, and this is going to open up. We're coming up and out of here, man. If you learn how to hear from God and get his wisdom, which includes his plan, he will lead you right out of sin, right out of death, into the new birth, into full salvation in Jesus. Come on, do you know it? He will lead you out of darkness, out of death, into light, into life. If you listen to him, he'll lead you out of sickness into health. He'll lead you out of bondage into liberty. He'll lead you out of poverty into abundance. He will. He will. He's a good God. He's your good, good father. Good, good father. Keep reading. Verse 16. Length of days is in her right hand. And in her left hand is what? Riches and honor. That's why it's better than gold. Wisdom. When you get wisdom... You got some come withs. Because <laughs> when wisdom showed up, she had something in both hands. There you are. That's my wisdom. Oh, you got something with you. What do you got? In one hand, length of days, long life. How many know you don't, you can't die? Some dumb accident. And live a long time. You, you you can't die from stinking diseases, and you got right. You got to have enough health to make it very long, right? And in her left hand, riches and honor, glory. Somebody say glory, glory, glory to God. Skip on over to the eighth chapter, Proverbs eight, eight and eleven. Wisdom is better than rubies. And all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. 
don't get stuck on I want a car. 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 I want a house. I want a house. Oh, I want a house. Oh, I like that house. I like that house. You know, a sign of covetousness is you don't know when to shut up about it. It's okay to say, that's a nice house. I really like that house. But if you keep bringing it up 150 times the rest of the afternoon, and every time somebody talks about something else, you change the subject and you back on the house, then you're covetous. And the Bible said covetousness is idolatry. And nobody ever got a house by coveting for a house. If you like the house, you don't need to think about that for like two minutes. And realize, have some sense to realize, if I'm going to get the house, I need to forget about liking the house and find out how. (laughs) Find out how to get to the place where God could put me in something like that. So then if you're smart, if you have some wisdom, then you know the biggest thing you need is not a house. It's wisdom. Because the wisdom can get you on the path. And you might not get there tomorrow or even next week, but if you're on the right path and stay on the right path, you'll get there. And a time could come where you're not just looking and ogling and, and ooing and on, but you're in it. Wisdom will get you from the impossible dream to that's my life. Amen. Somebody say wisdom. Wisdom's better than rubies. And all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. Keep reading. He said, I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. Could that be a key to some harvest? Certainly. 13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy, the evil way and the froward mouth do I hate. Keep reading. Counsel is mine. Sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. Keep going. By me, wisdom, kings reign and princes decree justice. What's the biggest thing our leaders need? Wisdom. Many times people think that I need this one's support. I need that. I need money. I need this. I need No, you need wisdom. Because through wisdom, you'll know what steps to take. You'll know what associations to make and what not to make and what not to do. Because only uh, the one who sees the end from the beginning knows what's happening tomorrow and knows what what people are, how folks are going to respond. You know, we got elections coming up and, and we got folks, you know, uh, trying to position to become nominees and, and this and that. Do not be short-sighted. Do not think, well, I don't know if so-and-so goes to the same kind of church I do or not. They could be the most wonderful Christian and be the most terrible president. Now, you know, being an atheist is not going to make you a good president either. I'm not saying that. But just because you think somebody believes like you do, that doesn't qualify them to lead the nation. And you don't know if this person does this, uh, and, and this leader does this, then this country is going to respond this way and these people are going to back them. And you don't know how that's going to work out next year or five years from now. Do you? God does. And so we need to trust him. We need to listen and use our head, yes, but trust your heart. And He sometimes he'll lead you in a way that will surprise you. 
Because he knows he has the wisdom. Amen. 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 Keep going. By me, kings, princes rule, nobles, even all the judges of the earth. That's what our judges need. Let's pray for our leaders on every level, local and, and state and, and country. On every, ask for wisdom for them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Say, Lord, give them wisdom. Show them what to do. Show them how to see this thing, how to respond. Verse 17, I love them, wisdom says, that love me. And those that seek me early shall find me. Do you know we ought not pray and ask for help after we've exhausted every other <laughs> avenue? People say, well, I guess we're just going to have to pray. Folks go, oh, man, it ain't come to that, has it? You know. <laughs> how many don't think you should pray first and ask for wisdom first and those that seek wisdom early will get it right do you love wisdom he said those that love the wisdom of God he would love said out loud I love wisdom I love the wisdom of God 18 riches and honor are with me durable riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, yea, than fine gold, than my revenue, than choice silver. I lead in the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of judgment that I may cause those who love me to what? Inherit substance. Does this sound like some reaping? Inherit substance. Substance. That's stuff. And I will fill their treasures. We must have the wisdom of God to reap like what is available to us, to the full measure and the full potential. There is no other way. We must have his wisdom. Can you say amen? Ecclesiastes, you're real close. Just turn over there to the third chapter. Ecclesiastes 3. I believe the Spirit of the Lord is in this. I believe it's integral part of His plan for us. And it's a key to us coming up to the next place. Ecclesiastes, the third chapter, very familiar passage. But uh, let's remind ourselves of it. It says, Ecclesiastes 3, and let's just start off with verse uh, 1, I guess it is. What does it say? To everything. Somebody say everything. To everything there is a season and a time. To every purpose under heaven there is a time. Say that loud. To everything there's a season. To everything there's a time. Uh, he said to every purpose under heaven. Now every, every. Every. Somebody say every. 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 We just got through reading in Isaiah. He said when the guy plows, does he just keep on plowing forever? No. No. Why? Because there's a plowing time. And then there's a time when plowing time's over. You're done with plowing. It's not time to plow. It's time to plant. Right? Right? What if you're plowing when you ought to be planting? Well, you're behind. And you're going to be frustrated. Well, what if you're trying to reap when it's plowing time? 
you're going to be frustrated. Do you need to know what time it is? Whether it's plowing time or planting time or reaping time. Huh? Whether it's step out and move time or whether it's sit down and be quiet time. Whether it's stand and be patient time or whether it's step out and move time. To everything. Somebody say everything. Everything. There's a time. In in the complete English, if you put that up there, the CEV, if we have that. Complete English version. Verse 1. Everything on earth has its own time and its own season. Let's keep reading. Verse 2. So there's a time for birth and death. There's a time for planting and there's a time for reaping. Somebody said there's a time. There's a time. time. Verse 6 said there's a time for finding and there's a time for losing. There's a time for keeping and for giving. Verse 11 says God makes everything happen at the right time. There's a time. Somebody say there's a time. There's a time. Go to New Testament now in connection with this to for us to see this is not just an Old Testament concept. Galatians. Galatians 6. Verse 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows. That shall he also reap. Did it say whatsoever? Did it say whatsoever? Reckon it means whatsoever. It means anything. Everything. Verse 8. He that sows to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. How many know you don't sow peanuts and reap corn? A lot of times people, you know, they're sowing bad stuff and wanting to reap good stuff. They're sowing meanness and hatefulness and talking about people and backstabbing. But they want to reap promotion and faithful friends and blessings. And they're lying and stealing, but they want people to have favor on them and give them stuff. No. That's what it's saying. God is not mocked. You're not going to fool God and go, you know, I sold a real bad one, but I'm going to reap a good one. And God's not going to notice. He wasn't looking when I sold that one. What would you sow? Oh, I sold something good. Oh, okay, here you go. Uh-uh. How many know nobody has ever gotten anything over on God? How many know that nobody has ever slipped anything past him? Never. Verse 9. Let us not be weary in well-doing. Things don't happen always within a few weeks or a few months or even a year or two. Right? Why would he say don't get weary? Because you could be tempted to get weary. But don't get weary in well-doing. For in due season, in when? 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 There's a time. Isn't there? There's a due season. There's a time when you plant. There's a time when you stand. And there's a time when you reap. And if you're trying to reap when it's time to plant, you're going to be confused and frustrated. And if it's time to reap and you think it's time to sleep, we read the scripture, didn't we? 
You think it's time to just goof off and be lax. And the Lord's prompting you, get up, get up. I got something for you. You need to go over here. You need to do this. You need to do that. Why? Because he's got a bumper crop ready for you from the time you sowed before. And he's trying to get to you. And if you'll get up and move, he's going to show you. He's going to lead you every step and show you how to get there. And it's going to come on you. I said it's going to come on you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over is going to come on you. But he's not going to make us sow, and he's not going to make us reap, is he? And we do have a mind of our own, don't we? And you cannot do a thing he directs you to do your whole life. You can be hard-headed, you can be stubborn, you can be your own man. And you can think for yourself. And you can do it your way. That can be your theme song. I did it my way. Man, that's hell's theme song. Did you know it? That's hell's theme song. I don't want to do it my way. I know I learned some things a few years into the ministry. You know, did you know the Lord will let you do things that's not his will? I mean, he, what I'm saying is, well, the issue with the king, Israel wanted a king and it wasn't God's will for them to have a king, but they made such a fuss and they pushed so hard and they pushed Samuel until God said, give him a king. What? And it wasn't his will. But he said, give them a key. Well, now they're not in the perfect will of God. You can push for something hard enough and God will say, well, do what you want to do. Yep. <laughs> probably none of y'all have ever done that, right? I mean, you. Uh, <laughs> I did a couple of things. I'm not talking about robbing banks or anything like that, but just some stuff that I, I pushed and pushed in, in prayer and talking about it. And, and the Lord let me do it. And after a few years of experiencing the results, I went and put my nose in the carpet. I got down in the floor and I said, God, I don't want you to let me do anything anymore. I want to know what you want me to do. I want to do what you want me to do. How many think that's the best thing? I mean, find out what he wants. Do what he wants. Even if it sounds different from what you thought you wanted, he's smarter than you. Isn't he? He knows. Do it his way. Do it his way. He said, In due season we shall reap if we faint not. The NIV says, let us not become weary in doing good. At the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. When will we reap a harvest? When? At the proper time. Ecclesiastes 8.5, don't turn there. Just put it up on the screen for us. Whoever keeps the commandments shall feel no evil thing. And a wise man's heart discerns what? Both the time. And the judgment, the wise man heart, heart will discern that. Now, we've already looked at these examples, but I want to go over them again. How many remember when uh, Jesus used Peter's boat? We talked about it in detail. He used his boat, and when he got through, what did he tell him? Launch out, right? Launch out and let down your nets for a catch. And he almost could not talk him into that, could he? I mean, he, Peter tried to tell him, basically looking at the clouds. 
Right? Well, no, it's late and we did this and we fished all night. How many know that the circumstances of what you see in here in your head will talk you out of a miracle? It will talk you out of a harvest if you listen to it. What's the key to miracles? Help me out. What's the key? Whatever. If he says, go fishing in the mud hole at two in the morning. Say, here we go. Right? His ways are so amazing. I mean, where's the limitation to what he can do? You would not think, I need to pay my taxes, so go fishing. Right? But that was the answer. Go and, and just throw your hook in there. And the first one you pull up, there'll be plenty of money to pay for you and for me. What do you think was going through his mind when he's going over to the fishing place? Fishing hole. Boy, I never paid my taxes like this before. What if he hadn't have done it? What if going over there he said, this is stupid. You never pay your taxes going fishing. I need to go to work. Make some money. Pay these dumb taxes. And he could have cussed about it. And he could have fussed about it. And it could have taken him years to pay the taxes with interest. And had all kind of problems. And all kind of attachments. Hmm? And so many people are so busy working, they don't have time to reap. When if we'd learn to do it his way, we'd just seek him. You know, you're so hard, hard at work and people think they don't have time to pray, but don't realize if you spent four hours in prayer, if you missed a meal that day and you spent the whole day waiting on the Lord, it could possibly save you five years of work. Because the wisdom of God, you can see things you never thought of and he can just deal with you. Go see this person. Ask them this. Go do this. Go do that. And it set off a sequence of events you had no idea could happen. Or you can just work like a slave and be your own provider and think if I can't figure it up and if I can't work it out, it can't happen. Then that's you're stuck with you. And it's no wonder you'd be depressed. If all you got going for you is you, it just ain't enough, is it? And thank God we don't have to live that way, do we? We don't have to. Notice what he said in Luke 5, you don't have to turn there, but in Luke 5, 4, maybe they can put it up on the screen for us. He said, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. Was that the wisdom of God for him on that day? It was. The wisdom of God reveals the direction. It is light. It's grace. It reveals some of the plan of God. This is opening up to you how God is going to bless you today. Isn't it? And so the NAS, the New American Standard in verse 5 Simon answered and said, Master, we worked hard all night and we caught nothing but, but, and this is why the story is in the Bible, but I will do as you say and I'll let down the nets. And that's when they had a miracle, a net breaking, ship sinking, too much miracle. Did they reap? They reap big time. In John 21, John 21 verse 5. John 21, verse 5, uh, after Jesus was raised from the dead. How many know that spiritual principles still work the same all the time? Before he went to the cross, after he went to the cross, he said, children, you got anything to eat? And they said, no. Verse 6, he said, cast the net on the right side 
of the ship. Somebody say wisdom. Do they have a word from the Lord today? They know what to do. They know where to do it. They know when to do it. Come on, can you see that? Is this key to reaping a harvest? It is. You can't just lay around and goof off and do nothing. You got to seek him. There is no substitute for hearing from him hourly. Amen. Do you know what I mean by that? All day and all night. There just is no substitute for hearing from him. All the time. Checking in here all the time. Checking in here all the time. Okay, Lord, what do I do about this? You may have done it for 40 years and think you know all the angles. You don't. I don't care if you've done it a thousand times. Still ask him. Should I do this differently? Should I even be doing it? Right? Check in with the big boss. Every day. All the time and all through the day. Can you say amen? Amen. He said, cast your net on the right side of the ship and you shall find. And they cast and now they were not able to draw it in for the multitude of fishes. Somebody say, too many fishes. Too many fishes. Does that sound like harvest? Blessing poured out till you don't have room enough to receive it. Even if we haven't experienced all this, do we believe it's available? Can it happen? Can it still happen? It can. And if there's any shortage of it happening, it's not on God's end. It's not because he's not faithful. It's not because he's not good. It's not because he can't do it. We've come up short somewhere. And we've seen some areas where that has been already in our studies. Go to James. We're going to pray this prayer. Go to James. We're going to ask for something. Anybody know what we're going to ask for? We're going to ask for something? Huh? Go to the book of James. Thanks be unto God. Thanks be unto God. James 1. Thank you, Lord. I was thinking today, and I uh, so blessed. The, the Lord dealt with Phyllis and I. 30 some years ago now to uh, leave home, leave family and uh, cast our net in a certain place. <laughs> and we did. And we had nothing. We're believing for every tank of gas, every sandwich, literally every little thing. And the Lord sustained us. And it got better. And it got better. And he did with us, cast your net over here. And cast your net over here. And every time that he'd deal with you, cast your net here or cast your net there, it didn't look like you could. You think, well, how can we do that? <laughs> it never looked like you could. <laughs> and how many know that's what faith is all about? Right? Faith is the evidence of things not seen. You don't see it. And so, I guess we were in the ministry, what, 20 years? And the Lord dealt with us, cast your net in Branson. We thought, Branson, Branson. It's not like we had just always dreamed about going to Branson. We, we like Branson, I don't mean that, but it's, you know, it was not just like Branson is the place to be. Oh, but if it's his plan, it is the only place for thee, right? And so we, we didn't know anybody here and we had no contacts and, and except the big contact and the Lord dealt with us to buy that property and we didn't have the money. How can you do it? I spent a night or two with a calculator and finally just put it in the drawer. 
And thought, I don't, I don't know how to do any of this. I, and I tried to, in talking to the people that own the property about how to buy it and, and two or three scenarios. And they said, no, no, thank you. No, 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 no. We just want to sell it. No. <laughs> and we went back to the place we were staying and just looked at each other and thought, well, Lord, that's all we know to do. We've done everything we know to do. And I'm, do you remember the night after that we went and, and thought, well, God, we've gone as far as we can go. But when the Lord says, throw the net on the right side, come on, are you listening to the boat and do it now? He was never concerned about it. (laughs) Never. And if we're smart, we won't be concerned. If he's not concerned, why should we be concerned? Because he knows how it's going to turn out. Doesn't he? And we should look at him and and worship him and go, you know, he's not concerned at all. So... (laughs) Why should I be concerned? If he's not concerned. And you, those of you that have been with us, you know the story. Oh my. We have reaped here. Number one, in souls. Oh, somebody say glory to God. We have reaped souls. Souls. Not just here. Not just in the Missouri, Arkansas area, but through this TV broadcast that didn't exist until we came here. Come on, are you listening? And through the internet and the millions, millions of downloads every year. We've re- we get testimonies of people from Africa sitting at a cyber cafe watching a service just like this right now and start talking in tongues in the cafe. That's reaping, brother. That's bigger than money. That's bigger than stuff. But also we have reaped our finances are just a totally different level than where they were when we came here. And our equipment and our ability and the voice and the multiplication of the ministry. And what I keep hearing over and over in my spirit in these months, the Lord has said, go cast the net in Sarasota. Oh, somebody, are you listening to me? He said, go cast the net. Oh, hallelujah. And the Lord says, you're about to reap. You are about to reap. You're about to reap. Everybody's about. We've been a so. Hadn't we been sowing? We've been sowing, 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 sowing. We're about to reap. We are about to reap, my brother. Come on, do you believe it? I don't believe this is just Keith hollering at you. I'm telling you, we're about to reap. We're we're on the verge of a net breaking, ship sinking, harvest coming in. And all we had to do was cast the net on the right side of the ship when he told us to. Somebody say amen. Amen. Glory to God. I believe it. Hallelujah. Say something. Say something. Don't just sit there quiet. Hallelujah. You watch and see. You watch and see. We're about to reap. We're about to reap people. People by the thousands. We're about to reap stuff, money, ability, To do the kingdom work we're about to reap. And I don't know what it is exactly yet. But some things are going to happen. As we take that step. That's going to be like the word supply. I don't know what it is. But I know it is. It's going to be like. See the word supply didn't exist. Until this happened. And the internet. It's going to be like that. 
I don't know what it is, but it's going to be like that. Is that exciting or what? It's going to be another level of ministry and it's global. I said it's global. It's the will of God. And everybody that has been in here, I'm talking about you that has prayed and believed with me for utterance and has sown your seed and stood and prayed. When that thing breaks open, you will have, uh, you will be a part of that reward throughout eternity. If More Life Ministries partners had not sowed and believed, there would be no Branson Church. Do you understand that? Because it had some things had to exist before you could even come, before you could even anything to find out know about. And so those folk sowed and believed, and throughout eternity, they'll have reward, they'll be honored, right, for that. Well, you're doing that for the folks in Sarasota, right, as well as all of our uh, MLM partners and, and folks all over the place, you're sowing that. Do you not think you're going to reap? Do you not think this Branson church is going to reap? Hallelujah. Not that it wouldn't be reward enough to just know there's a thriving, kicking church down there, right? That wasn't there before. That'd be reward right there. But in way after way after way. Now, why there? Why Sarasota? Why not somewhere in the northeast or the northwest? Why? I mean, we found out later we had considered a place just about 10 miles from there. And the Lord helped us to say, no, that's not it. Uh, in some ways, it looked better. But uh, we realize now we'd have had all kind of difficulties and challenges. We didn't know that then, but we found out now God is smart. He's smart. If he says right side of the boat, don't even look at the left. Don't even look. Right? Don't even look. Well, I thought I saw a fish out the back. Do not, do not even look. Out the back. If he says right side, ain't nothing happened in the day but right side fishing. Come on, are y'all with me now? If he says throw the net, do not even open the box and look at the rod and reel. Leave the rod and reel box locked. Because there ain't no rod and reel today. It's net day. It requires the wisdom of God to know how where, when. Every day is a new day. There is no substitute for hearing from Him hourly. You know what I mean by that? Just all the time. Every every time you need to make a decision, every time, ask Him, check, look. We're going to do it right now. Stand up. Put it up on the screen for us. James, first chapter. James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you, who would this apply to? Any of us. If you lack wisdom, how many in here would acknowledge you could use some more? (laughs) If you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Scripture said you have not because you ask not. Ask of God that gives to all liberally. Don't you like that word liberally? That's not a little dab of wisdom. Huh? That's a great big old double dollop. Isn't it? Huh? Lord, I, I sure could use some wisdom. I'm asking you for some. Bloop, bloop. Double dip. Right? Double dollop. Liberally. 
Not only did you find out what you wanted to know, you found out a lot more. Because liberally. And he upbraids not. He won't even make fun of you for being dumb. (laughs) And what? Read that last phrase to me. Huh? It what? It what? The wisdom that you asked for shall be given to you. How many believe the word of God? If he said it shall be given to you, then it shall be given to you. Verse 6. But let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering. What what would wavering be like? Well, you leave here and you go, well, you reckon we'll have some of that wisdom he's talking about? I sure hope so. I don't know. Boy, it'd be great. We'll see. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. You just never know. That's wavering. And you won't receive a thing. He's like a wave driven with the sea and tossed. I mean, he just, if it looks like he might, oh, maybe we'll get some. Looks like he won't. Oh, I guess we're not getting it. No. Verse 7. Let not that man think he'll receive anything of the Lord. So we're not going to waver. We're going to ask. We're going to believe we receive. What's going to happen after that? We're getting our wisdom. Period. No ifs. No ands. No buts. No maybes. We're getting it. We're getting it. We're going to know where, when, and how to reap. Every good seed the Lord has enabled us to sow this year, last year, 50 years ago. Come on, are you listening? He's going to show us. He's going to awaken our ear morning by morning. He's going to give us the word in season. We're going to see. We're going to know. We're going to do. We're going to go. And we're going to reap. Say it out loud. Everybody say it out loud. Father, in the name of Jesus. Focus on him. Close your eyes. Focus on him. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you for your wisdom, your perfect wisdom. You are the only source of true wisdom. I'm asking for it because I need it. I can't get this any other way. I'm asking for it. Reveal to me your way for me, your plan for me. Show me the when, the where, the how, how to reap. I'm asking for it in the name of Jesus. And by faith, I believe you hear me. I'm convinced it's your will. And so I believe I receive it. I know when you hear me. You grant my request. And so I thank you for it right now. Before I see it. Before I understand it. By faith. I say thank you Lord. For giving it to me. I will see. I will know. When. Where. How. To reap. In Jesus name. Thank you Lord. Just lift your hands. Begin to praise the Lord. Begin to thank him. Begin to magnify his holy name. Oh Lord I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. 
This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.